0: Welcome to the TSP Talks podcast, a chance for scientists and marketers to exchange ideas and discuss what's going on in the industry. In today's episode, we're going to discuss emerging trends in the analytical instrumentation and life sciences industry. I'm Sarah Martin-Tyrrell, Scientific Communications Lead at the Scott Partnership, and today I'm joined by my colleague, whom some of our listeners may be familiar with. He's our lead scientist, Richard Kent. Good morning, Richard. How are you? Good morning.
1: Good morning. I'm um, very well, thanks. So, yeah, as you say, several of our listeners, I guess, will will have known me for years. <laughs> um, uh, <laughs> but I'm pleased to be uh, talking with you again today about new developments and, and so on. As some people will know, I'm originally a biochemist and yeah. um, I've been involved in sales and marketing since... Um, I finished my kind of research stint at GSK, so got a bit of farmer industry experience and then a lot of industry experience, both on the client side and the agency side so I feel like I've been really privileged in that time to see into lots of different scientific companies Mm -hmm. um, to be working with them seeing what works with their marketing programs um, um, and what's been really successful and other things that have been less successful so today's discussion I think is going to be a cracker so let's let's get to it
0: okay well i'll throw you straight in at the deep end i'm really curious to hear what do you see as the biggest emerging trends in the analytical instrumentation or life sciences market throughout 2022
1: well that's a a a really enormous question Um, (laughs) so and there's there's lots of elements i think that we could um look at just to throw sort of two or three things into the into the discussion first of all you know researchers um, in life science are always curious they're always looking to see more Mm. to get more information about the molecules that they're interested in Um, you know they they just want more all the all the time and so there's a constant drive towards higher resolution Um, there's a constant drive towards um, you know better results um, which are going to be giving you more insight Uh, and so for for kind of instrument vendors that's that's just a constant kind of pressure Uh, so new new versions of instruments that have got higher performance is something that's just always going to be there and we see it from through a TSP lens we see that you know every week with with clients who are launching new things planning to launch new things which are going to give life science researchers extra tools to get more information so that that's a kind of continuing kind of undercurrent that's always going on and i think 2022 is no different um you know from what we know already from uh, programs that we're running with clients there are um, new instruments new um uh, new packages coming into the market all the time so so that that that's kind of a given i guess but what we're also seeing probably in 2022 in certain parts of the scientific life science market we're seeing the results of kind of post covid
0: yeah
1: new reality mm-hmm. lots of people talk about this don't they that there's somehow a new normal well for a lot of companies doing, for example, routine QC work in in the pharma industry. Post-COVID, there's been a big change in kind of workflow patterns within the the lab. Mm -hmm. Um, So new working practices, new instrument demands are being placed on the systems that people already have. And certainly in terms of developing new systems, vendors are under pressure to to relate to that new Uh, new normal so um, I was talking to somebody the other day and they were saying that you know in their experience at the moment companies are moving towards this kind of hybrid working where a a series of of lab guys will be in for a couple of days a week they'll set up their experiments they'll set up their um, sample lists they'll set up their analytical instruments to run um, and then for the rest of the week the working week then they'll be monitoring those things remotely Okay. yeah so that puts a great deal of uh, of 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 impetus for for instrument vendors towards intelligence being built into instruments you know to be able to cope with those kind of new working practices so I think again for 2022 we're going to see developments in in that area but I mean probably for today's discussion one of the things that's going to have the the most significance and, and it's something that started a while ago is just this gathering pace in terms of the application of new t- uh, of old technologies into new applications yeah so you know existing established traditional techniques like N- nmr mass spec and so on are really being brought into new areas they're being brought into the to, to the world of biomolecules they're, they're even moving towards clinical decision making um so the, you know that, that that's a significant trend that started a while ago and and continues you know and and i could go on and on about all, all, all kinds of ways that existing technology well-known techniques are being applied in new areas but if i kind of look for one common theme out of all of that then the thing that strikes is that perhaps the biggest consequence is, is big data, loads of data.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So let's speak about data-driven science using the analytical instrumentation.
1: Yeah, I mean, I mean, to, to give a bit of a perspective, I guess, pharma industry in particular, research development within pharma has always been used to the need for lots of data. Um, I can remember back things like, sequencing and initiatives like the human genome project really have brought that into the consciousness of of everybody within within the market i mean the human human genome project of course it started you know back in 1990 people thought it was complete in 2003 but actually that was only about 85 percent of the genome and it wasn't until the 2021 release that people thought that they'd really got the complete genome. Um, and even then, there was less than one, there was still around 1%, a bit less than 1% of bases that weren't fully resolved. And the final, final gapless assembly was actually only finished in January this year. So, you know, big data's been kind of in the in the psyche of, of the um, life science world since that kind of time frame. Yeah. But today, I mean, you know, fast forward to today and what we what we are and what a, many of our clients, um, instrument vendors, software developers, et cetera, et cetera, we're really in the era of multi omics And mm-hmm. you know, where so we've got genomics, proteomics, all of the omics, um, and and the use of analytical techniques, you know, like I mentioned before, NMR mass spec, these are all together with other things like imaging and so on, these are all building up big data sets that researchers need to test their hypothesis and yeah. so researchers are routinely now they're working with terabytes of data places like the UK biobank and and others there's US have got initiatives Africa there's initiatives in Africa there's initiatives in South America and so on but the UK biobank is still probably the the, the, the sort of daddy of them all if you like um, and they've now got comprehensive data on half a million participants okay so genotyping whole exome sequencing whole genome sequencing for all of that half a million population is in the database and they've got big data sets on key biomarkers brain heart full body imaging routine health records have been incorporated into the biobank even things like diet lifestyle lifestyle factors you know they've created this fantastic resource that, of data that, that um, researchers can can access so you know there's a lot of consequences of of having that amount of data you know there's lots of focus on solutions in terms of collecting storing processing that data to be more consistent more secure to make it easier to access easier to use you know and and and, and that i think Everybody, I guess, would feel that we're really at a new frontier in, in terms of science with this large amount of data going around.
0: Yeah, no, absolutely, couldn't agree more. I mean, as marketers, both of us are not strangers to using data to develop strategic mark strategies.
1: Sure, absolutely, yeah. Um, I mean, data for scientific companies, for scientific marketeers, you know you've got to understand your audience you've got to have data on audience preferences you've got to have you've got to have insight into simple things like insight into content that's going to move a conversation along with a certain kind of prospect you know? so that collection of data that development of buyer personas the mm-hmm. the understanding that you can get from Collecting data about an audience is—it's it's kind of analogous, isn't it, to to the way that a researcher uses their databases. Absolutely. You know?
0: Well, marketing yeah. is a science when it's data-driven. You know, I've always sure.
1: thought Yeah, absolutely, and and yeah, I mean, you're very experienced in using data, as you said, to create programs and so on. Um, you know, are there kind of are there some simple lessons? that you think people can, can learn or simple simple tips that you can give?
0: Yeah, sure. This topic is huge and I agree that we are seeing organisations use data to gain insight for product innovation, tailoring instruments for new applications, also adding additional layers to their technology, for example, new software or data processing technology to better handle and interpret the data produced. So now i'm thinking about how this data trend impacts my day-to-day our day-to-day in delivering data driven marketing programs we are seeing that our clients are leveraging data more than ever before in the work that we do for them whether that's using their data to segment new audiences or focusing on buyer personas to personalise content, or just using data to add agility to a campaign, allowing them to monitor the performance day to day, or for us to monitor the performance day to day, or to just prove and quantify marketing success. Not surprisingly, when we work with scientific teams and organisations who are our clients, They're very motivated by facts, results, testing, proof of concept. So they demand data driven marketing programs which are fully measurable as, as standard. So when marketing activity is approached in this way, it can also be thought of as a science, I guess, allowing for more decisions to be made on facts, not assumptions. For me, it's so important to leverage data at all stages of a marketing activity, because I've seen time and time again how marketers get disappointed when their campaign fails. And, you know, just because the campaign has a goal or KPI, it doesn't mean it's bulletproof and it's going to be a success. We can hypothesize, but we never really know what the outcome will be. However, when you use data to plan and drive your campaign, in my opinion, it's formed with the best chance of success and allows for bolder decision making and allows for changes, refinement, optimization, which achieves better outcomes and results overall. Especially when you have to answer those big questions on ROI and explain why campaigns have or have not worked, to have the data to back up the outcome really is a necessity and invaluable.
1: Sure, absolutely.
0: Most marketing departments I speak with know the importance of this around data and planning, but sometimes lack the know-how or lacking in resource or time to develop thorough data-led marketing strategies. So that's why they come to us at TSP to develop the vision, goals, and roadmap for all of their programs.
1: Well, yeah, Sarah, I, I mean, I, I totally agree that... Um, you know lots of companies understand the importance of planning everybody does their everybody does their marketing plan and and so on um but it's really it's about learning the skills isn't it to use the data to collect the data that's going to really give you the insight and raise the campaign to a different level i mean that's what people are after surely
0: Absolutely, and making the most out of the campaign to ensure the very best return on investment.
1: Yeah, return on investment. Again, maybe that's the next podcast.
0: (laughs) Absolutely, yeah, we
1: can definitely
0: definitely do that. Well, thank you so much, Richard. It's been a pleasure talking with you this morning. Yeah, you Um, too. Thank you to our listeners, and um, we'll see you next time.
1: Thanks very much. Bye, all. Oh, 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 oh oh, 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 oh